on the fan. Yeah, last night I had to make a judgment call. I want to bring Jackson because Jax had to go through it as well. Right around midnight, it was a, I mean, it was just not good. The weather wasn't good. I didn't get an alert to my phone. My roommate sent me over a uh, message, and she said, I'm, I'm calling my wife my roommate from now on. I don't know if it's going to stay or not, but I kind of like it. So my roommate said, she's like, uh, yeah, we got, a, we got an alert to the phone, tornado warning. And I said, tornado warning? Oh, no, that ain't great. And I was like, I was very empathetic with it all. And then she goes, yeah, so like, you better stay at work. Well, that's not happening. Um, not, <laughs> it's not happening. Oh, why don't you stay in the, stay in the parking garage and just hang out and go wait. And then you'll, when the tornado warning goes through, then, then, uh, you can come on home. And I'm like, I don't know when this tornado warning is going to go through first off. But number two, I'm not waiting in the parking garage when it's not even raining where I'm at right now. And so it, it was weird because I knew I should be responsible. I wanted to be responsible because I'm very scared of the weather. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I have a rightful fear of the weather. I just, I, just, I needed to get home. It's been a, it's been a rough couple of days around the house as far as, uh, you know, my daughter's concerned and little things like that. And so I just, I needed to be home, right? I wanted to be home. And so what I decided was I was going to drive and I was going to gauge how it was. And so I had like my mom on the phone. I had my roommate on the phone. I had her mom on the phone and I had all these other people. It was like the, we were all watching the weather channel. We were looking at, uh, uh, putting like Solon tornado into the, 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 the tweet deck and everything like that to try to see what we could find or into the Twitter search engine. And it was just, it was a nonstop, like three, four people constantly being like, all right. No, you're you're good. You're going you're going 40 miles an hour on the highway right now. I think you're going to make it. I think you're going to be all right. Storm is moving away from you. The tornado is moving away from you. You're going to be fine. As we just kept going through, but as I kept getting closer and closer, I just kept thinking to myself, I don't know who these people are that want to be like tornado chasers and storm chasers. You guys are crazy. You guys are absolutely crazy. It was a dumb, dumb decision on my behalf to try to make it home. But I never experienced a really tough part of the rain. And so I felt like it was all right and it was justified. And I had enough people doing research to tell me if I was right or wrong. But there was that that glimpse in time and that moment where I was like, how do people chase these stupid things? They want to go after them? I'm trying to move away from them. Jax, you also had to get home last night. Did you sit in the parking lot or did you go home? So I kind of had like the same exact experience as you. I walked underground to get to the garage, but mm-hmm. from what I remember, I looked outside. It wasn't raining. It wasn't. We were... When we left, it wasn't. Yeah, so I had no idea. I'm pulling out of the garage and it's pouring. So yeah, I, was like... I perspective here. Five, I have a seven-minute walk to my garage. You park in the fancier garage than I do. As they say in the morning, <laughs> congratulations on all of your success. One day, I'd like to be you. But I walk. I have a seven-minute walk. And about five minutes into my seven-minute walk, then it started raining. So I got drenched because I was like a, I was like half a block short of making it to the, the part where I needed to be. And I did not make it there in time. Yeah, so I pulled out of the garage, and it was raining pretty hard. I was like, oh, this is weird. So then I get stopped at a light. And my mom texts me, and she says, stay at work. Oh, she told you stay at yeah, work, too. there's a tornado warning. Man. And I said, what are you talking about? It's just raining hard. And then that's when I look up, and the telephone wires are going everywhere. I go to pull onto the highway. There's a tree halfway into the entrance of the highway. So I hit I that did. tree. I had to swerve around. You swerved and missed it? I hit that tree. <laughs> yeah. I hit that tree right on, man. And then I'm on the highway. I can't see. I have my window wipers on full blast. I'm driving, like, 30 miles an oh, hour. Oh, you see now, but I, okay, maybe I had to be a little bit ahead of you. 
Maybe I was actually maybe I was behind you because I hit that tree and I thought I destroyed that tree pretty good. So maybe I was behind yeah, you. I don't know. But I ended up so I was going down, but it was never that bad for me. Like you described it as pretty bad. It was oh, never my, that bad for well, me. My car was moving back, like I could feel it moving back and forth. And oh, that sounds I had never seen like green lightning, but the clouds were lighting up green, like instead of regular lightning. And I was like, "What is going on?" My gosh! And at I any looked, at any point in your head, did you think I need to pull over? I was th- I was seriously considering it, but then I was like, I just kind of want to get home, like the same. Reason. We're such idiots, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. That's the synopsis of it. We're my such mom idiots. I was on the phone with me like the whole drive home, so it was like the same exact. And thing. I've told this story on the air before. When I was in Houston, I did the same stupid thing. I'll never learn, will I? I did the same thing in Houston. They had a couple different ones that were, I mean, they were nationwide stories, right, about flooding and flooding in different areas. And I went, I tried to make it home. At that time, I worked. I worked at a network radio station, and I was about a half hour away from home. And I went, and I was two blocks from my house, right? I made it. I made it for 28 minutes, and I, I was diving different streets and going down different corners, and we made it all work. And I was two minutes from my house, and I went down this road, and I was in a, an old Chevy Impala that I had, Paula the Impala, my Chevy Impala, and I, I was going down. And all of a sudden, you're like, because some streets you just went down, and it went, you know, the water went up a little bit, but that's all it was. Then you just kind of kept going. And I went down this street, and it started filling up, and it started filling up, and it started filling up. And then before you know it, you got water all the way up to your windows, and you're like, oh no. But like, you're too far in. You can, what are you gonna do? Stop the car and turn around? It doesn't work that way. You're too far in. And so you just, I just kept going. And then before you know it, my my whole car is basically just enveloped by. The water and everything shuts off. Everything shuts off. And in that moment, here's what I did. One of the stupidest things. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the lesson learner for all of you guys here. Okay, it's one of the stupidest things I've ever done. But I just I was too stupid. I didn't know. I was 24 years old. I just didn't know how the world worked. Okay, I didn't understand that if you're ever in that type of situation, you need to not get right out of the car. In my mind, I was like, I don't want to drown in this car. I'm getting out of this car. But it's not great because you're going to have down power lines, and if you step out, you can get electrocuted. And I didn't understand that at that time. So I just took my little briefcase that I had, I opened up the door, watched the water come in, and I got out, and I just walked home. And that was it. And the next day I came back, and obviously my car wouldn't start. It was it was all gone or whatever, but the water was gone, and the car was just sitting there, and uh, that was the end of Paul with the Impala. I had to get a brand. I had a totally different car. Actually, what they did was they they took out the engine and they gave me a brand new engine for the car. That's how the insurance companies did it. So Paula lived on, but they gave me a new engine, and I had to do a rental for like a week and a half or whatever it was. But it was like such a lesson, a lesson, and such a, a learning moment. But then last night, I feel like I failed. I had this big moment, and I just I let I let myself down. And Jax, I thought one of us were going to be the smarter one of these two. Uh, we can't beat the weather, man. We can't beat it. Who cares about those 20 minutes? My roommate was pissed. (laughs) My roommate was pissed. She goes down to the basement. She's doing all the proper things that she's supposed to be doing. Meanwhile, her dodo bird brain of a husband is out there trying to make it home. But I had enough people. They were, they were telling me it was like we were, we were tracking the eye of the storm and they're like, no, you're going to be fine. You're, 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 you're just missing it. It's gonna. It's, it'll stop by twelve thirty. You won't be in Seoul until twelve forty. You're okay. You're fine. You're fine. All right. Anyway, that was wild. It was. It was wild. But be safe out there. If we have any more uh, stuff tonight or anything like that, I've decided Friday night. It's easy. I'll sit in the garage. 
I can put on a music video or put on YouTube or something. A music video? What is it, 1995? No, I'll put on your YouTube video. We'll be fine. Anyway, tells you how badly I want to talk uh, preseason football there, doesn't it? My goodness, I'm so surprised with all you guys. I really am. I am so surprised. I really, tomorrow is supposed to be the day. Tomorrow's the day we find out a lot of answers that you guys have been waiting months to find out about Deshaun Watson. He's going to have 25 snaps, and you guys just don't care. I, I can't believe it. And I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I myself am finding I'm at a point where I'm I'm not hyped up for tomorrow. I'm not I'm not sitting at the couch uh, with the potato chips in hand, getting the hot dogs ready, making sure that I, I like primo viewership for tomorrow. If I'm being truthful about it, because we're friends, we can trust each other, right? I've got a CBS Sports Radio show tomorrow airing at 5 o'clock to 10 o'clock. I'll be on for five hours. During the Browns game tomorrow, I'm going to have the game on because I'm interested, you know, to a degree. I'm going to have the game on. One o'clock kickoff tomorrow, I'm going to have it on. Probably just going to be prepping for the CBS Sports Radio show. Like I'll spend the majority of my day tomorrow just working on that. I'm I'm not really going to watch much of the game outside of that. Now, Now, don't get this mistaken. I'm doing that because I have a job I have to do and something I have to do from 5 to 10. We're going to talk a lot about national storylines. On Sunday, I'll go back and watch the game in the entirety because it is my job, and I want to make sure that I have things right, and I want to make sure that I don't miss things, okay? like Let's not, let's not mistake the lack of interest for laziness here. I'm still going to make sure we do the work, but I understand I got until Monday to figure out what happened in the game on Saturday. If the game was that interesting... I know all of you guys know about me. It doesn't matter if I was broadcasting uh, to the president and a group of uh, broadcasting elite, uh, a table of Bob Costas and Dan Patrick and everyone else. I'm going to watch that game. Screw the national show. I'm watching that game, and I'm going to have commentary on that game, and I'm going to talk about that game. And I'm going to go down with that game, but I, have to, I don't feel like I have to tomorrow because Deshaun Watson has shown me enough. And I feel like he's shown you guys a lot as well. And I can tell by really just the conversation we've been having for the previous hour or so, you guys are ready for this preseason to be done. I know it. You guys are spent with this preseason. You know, tomorrow's supposed to be one of those days where you have as many things to find out as you possibly could outside of Cade York. And we'll touch on him a little bit later on, but outside of Cade York, what are you guys actively looking for tomorrow in that game? I would think it'd be Deshaun Watson, but I just, I really don't think a lot of you guys are interested in what happens with Deshaun Watson. Cause if he looks bad, well, that's not going to make you feel any better. And really, let's be honest, the toothpaste is out of the tube, right? There's no more games left to try to figure it out. If he looks bad, again, the hay is in the barn. It's kind of like when you, you studied for a test and you're at that part, you're like, all right, hey, uh, <laughs> 8 o'clock test time, it's 7.30, not much else I can really do here. The work's been done. If Deshaun Watson doesn't look good tomorrow, Deshaun Watson just looks bad tomorrow, let's say, you're just going to have to live with that because there's nothing that the Browns can do to make him look any better. They chose to make him play in one preseason game. He looked comfortable. I thought he looked good. He looked comfortable. He threw for 11 total yards. He completed three passes. They elected to not have him throw the ball deep. They elected to not have him make a lot of decisions. And they elected to have him use his legs. That was their decision. 
It's fine. I'm sure they're living uh, in perfectly happy and, and they're comfortable with what they decided to do. Ultimately, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, he looks great. I don't know that you guys are going to convince yourself that that's what you're going to see in week one, the way I have. And if he looks bad, I think you're just going to say, okay, I, train's coming down the tracks. Nothing I can do about it now. Now, Mike Tomlin spoke earlier today. And, man, I love how Tomlin speaks sometimes. I'm going to rag on him here in a little bit and why I feel comfortable rooting against the Steelers and why I don't think they're going to be that great this year. But Mike Tomlin spoke about his approach to preseason football. And I just, I've always liked his approach. I think he's dead on. Here we go. I don't really need validation. I just think it's difficult to box without sparring. And and so, you know, preseason is an opportunity for us to spar and sharpen our sword for the battle. Well, so far, Deshaun Watson hasn't really sparred, has he? Hasn't really battled much, has he? But that was the Browns' decision. And these are the type of moves that in week one, if they fall flat on their face, we'll know. And we'll have that recognized. We'll say, wait a second. You you had four preseason games, and you didn't take advantage of the fact that you had an, an extra game over everyone else. I don't think it's going to come to that. I think Deshaun will be great. I think Deshaun needed to see what he needed to see, and he got that done in his first preseason game, and I think he'll be fine moving forward. Two one six four seven four to below 92. The realization I had when it comes to the Steelers. We'll do it next right here on The Fan. Three, The Fan. I don't really need validation. I just think it's difficult to box without sparring. And, and so, you know, preseason is an opportunity for us to spar and sharpen our sword for the battle. I rape on Mike Tomlin, I think more than most people. That's only because I, I just don't love that he gets to, like, walk on water. I just, I don't love that he gets all sorts of praise. And it feels like no one ever wants to throw any tomatoes in his direction. No one ever wants to try to tear him down. It's all right. I mean, I listen, you know, six years without a playoff win. Maybe you do get to walk on water. I don't know. Not in my mind, though. What I find fascinating is that I came to a realization, and I think he's right, by the way. We need to put that out there. I think in that instance, Tom one is right. I came to a realization about the Steelers earlier today. I heard Nick and them talking about it, and I was just, I kept thinking about, you know, last night we did talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett, and we talked about how Kenny Pickett looked pretty good. And I honestly, I, I didn't make much on it because... When you had fewer touchdowns than you had interceptions last year, I'm just not going to go goo-goo-gaga over anything that I see in the preseason. When it comes to Kenny Pickett, when it comes to established pros, maybe that's a different story. I don't know. Honestly, I don't make much into the preseason anyway. Like I got a, a tweet from my, uh, you know, our buddy Browns Freak 51. Been a while since we heard from you, by the way. I don't know where you've been hiding, but we're getting the regular season underway, so you better be dialed in, Browns Freak 51. He goes, he looked comfortable to you, question mark. Comfortable is dropping back into the pocket, having time to survey the field, throwing downfield to a receiver, not running like we saw because he was obviously not comfortable. Tomorrow should answer some questions. And I was asking you guys what you wanted to see out of Deshaun Watson. You know, if I see something really good out of Deshaun Watson, I think that goes further in my mind than what it would be for someone like Kenny Pickett. Because with Deshaun Watson, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I know what he can do. I've seen him do it before. I need to see it again, but I've seen what he can do. Ultimately, though, I'm not making that big of a deal out of anything I see in the preseason. But, yes, I did think he looked more comfortable. But Kenny Pickett has looked good. There's no denying that. Five drives resulting in five touchdowns, 13 of 15 for 86% completion percentage, 199 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. 
Some people have called it perfection. I think that's a little extreme. But, yeah, Kenny Pickett has looked good. I'm not here to bash Kenny Pickett, even though at times I have bashed Kenny Pickett. Here's why I'm okay watching the Steelers be this generation's version of Jeff Fisher, 7-9, and 9-7, and 7-9. Seven, seven, and nine. Being 500 doesn't mean you're a threat to win the Super Bowl. The Browns are a million times closer to winning a Super Bowl this year than the Steelers are. If you made me bet which team would go 500 or better, put my house on it, I would say the Steelers are the better bet. But over my dead body, if you had a crystal ball and said one team won the Super Bowl, you get a new car if you choose which it is if you win, would I choose the Steelers? Not a chance would I make that play. Why am I supposed to be jealous of 500? And the ongoing rhetoric around Mike Tomlin based off of last year was what? Oh, he's so great. He made it back to 500 again. 16 straight years of 500 football. Yeah, that's impressive. It's impressive. The NFL is made to tear you down. Parody is a real thing in the NFL. You're supposed to be like a roller coaster. You're supposed to go up and then down and then up and then down. Sustained success is not supposed to be a reality in the NFL. Even when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, let's say, it's still not supposed to be as easy as Mahomes has made it seem where he's been to five straight AFC title games. And you notice how the NFL is set up, right? Now all of a sudden he's got to pay, the, the Chiefs got to pay all sorts of money to pay Mahomes. They should have been paying Kelsey this entire time, but Kelsey makes pennies on the dollar, relatively considering. And they've gotten by. They've gotten by, but the league has made it harder and harder. You're not supposed to be great year in, year out. You're not supposed to be anything short of bad year in, year out either. You're supposed to ebb and flow. Honestly, it's part of what makes the Browns since 1999 in a weird way impressive, is that you're not supposed to be this level of incompetent for so many years. The NFL is made to give you all sorts of goodies and all sorts of nice things to have happen to you to make sure that you don't end up in the basement for 20-plus years. It's made so that they don't have 20 years of fans being like, why do we watch this crap? It's made so that you get a little taste. Just a little taste. Mike Tomlin did a great job of not putting that team into the basement. That's what I'll say about Mike Tomlin. He did a fantastic job of making sure that the Steelers were never just garbage. Congratulations. You took what should have been a five-win team and made them a 500-win team. That doesn't mean the Steelers are going to be any good. Why am I supposed to be jealous of 500? Keeping up with the Joneses is getting jealous of your neighbor with the speedboat or the Lamborghini. You're not jealous of the used 2016 vehicle and a modest credit score. You get jealous when your new friend buys a mansion with a nice pool, not overpays for a two-bedroom that you yourself could afford to buy as well. Congrats. They're one step closer to winning the right to be taken out back and murdered by the Bengals in the opening round of the playoffs. What am I jealous of out there? Taken out back and slaughtered early? I've never seen so many parades for a potential chance to be looking like the cows in no country for old men. Taken to the slaughter room, bolt to the skull. No threat of winning anything of significance. What am I missing here? Honestly, what am I missing? There's pizza. There's pieces I like. Offensive tackle Broderick Jones. Good. They had a good draft. Him, Joey Porter. I like their draft. I did. They didn't get enough. 
only way they take a massive leap is if Kenny Smallhands Pickett becomes the first quarterback in league history to go from fewer touchdowns than interceptions to top five in the blink of an eye. Houdini couldn't pull that trick off. Not sure why people think that Pickett will be able to. Among all quarterbacks with 200 pass attempts, Zach Wilson from the Jets was the only one with a worse pass rating. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And I agree with what Nick had to say. So Nick put out there, he's like, I don't see anybody out there in the national media saying the Steelers are going to win five or six games. And he's right. He's right. Because Mike Tomlin's teams don't win five or six games. They also, in recent years, don't threaten to win the Super Bowl either. Yeah, he did win a Super Bowl. So you can't say he's not capable of winning the big one. He won the Super Bowl when the iPhone 4 came out. What are we doing here? That was like 14 years ago. Jax, Jax wasn't even in, he didn't even have puberty yet. How old were you 14 years ago? Were you like seven or eight years old? Seven. My goodness, you're basically in your diaper still. What, seven years old? You still watch the Teletubbies at seven years old. What are we doing? That's the last time Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl. So for your, basically from the, the amount of time that you can actually think like a human. And at seven years old, you're still an idiot. I mean, that's just how that works. Kids are stupid. That's just the reality of it. I, I hate to put it that way, but it's true. That's how your brains work. Your brains don't function and fully develop. Hell, I hate to put it to you this way, Jax, but at 21 years old, you're still like four years away from a fully developed brain. There are bets against you insurance companies make daily because they think you're an idiot. Okay, that's where they're at. I don't think you're an idiot. I think your brain is developed far quicker than most people your age. But the betting insurance community thinks you're downright stupid, okay? But as a seven-year-old, my goodness, I, I was the dumbest seven-year-old in the history of seven-year-olds. That's That's what you are at seven years old. The majority of your life, though, it's been it's been Mike Tomlin trying to be better than what he was when you were seven years old. And he's nowhere close. He's nowhere close. I'll give him credit. He knows how to get a team to 500. Congratulations. Get you a T-shirt. What does that do for anybody? 216-474-0092. You watch Kenny Pickett. Are you scared of Kenny Pickett now after watching him tear it up in the preseason? The NFL is built, so the moment you become good, you're supposed to then become bad. We've never seen them be a six-win team before. That's his superpower. Mike Tomlin's superpower in life is being able to get teams to better than six wins, to being a 500 team. Congratulations. They went two and six into the bye last year. Trubisky got way too many starts, and you can see how we ended up there. Week 18 last year. In a year they were supposed to suck, they were still playing for the postseason in Week 18. Okay, the breaks didn't happen. They still were just a team that would have been bounced in the first round, taken out back, slaughtered, bolted the skull. It is what it is. That team was left for dead. This year's team for the Steelers, also left for dead. I I came across this weird, and I like the receiver room, I do. I think it's going to save Kenny Pickett in a degree. I, I came across this weird stat earlier today. Uh, Deontay Johnson's part of the reason why I like the Steelers uh, receiving room. I like Pickens a lot. I also like Johnson a lot. Allen Robinson's a little, I don't know what to make of Allen Robinson. At one point, I made a case for Allen Robinson because I thought that he'd be really good here with the Browns, but that was off the basis that he'd never had a good quarterback in his career. And then last year, he just stunk it up. Absolutely stunk it up. 
But Deontay Johnson set a, a weird record last year. He had 86 receptions, no touchdowns. That is the most receptions without a touchdown over a season in NFL history. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. But when it comes to the Steelers, all of a sudden people are talking like Matt Canada is some sort of offensive whiz. You guys went from last year, you were going around. You remember the South Park song, the Blame Canada song? I'm not going to sing it for you guys because I'm not very good at it. But it basically went Blame Canada, Blame Canada, Blame Canada. Now, they were talking about the country, not necessarily Matt Canada. That's where Steelers fans were last year. They were ready to fire Mike Tomlin. They were ready to fire Matt Canada. They wanted a clean sweep of everything and anything. Now, all of a sudden, we've got an offensive savant here? I've never seen such a a flip-flop from a fan base in my life. But the reason why nobody with a name attached to themselves in the media is going to say the Steelers are going to win five or six games is because nobody believes they're going to only win five or six games. It's not reality. They're a good 500 football team. Where I would tell Browns fans you don't have to worry is that they're not a threat at all to win anything deep in the postseason. You tell me, choose. Browns win the world. Uh, Browns win the Super Bowl. I almost said World Series. Browns win the Super Bowl or the Steelers win the Super Bowl. Which one am I taking? Hands down, the Browns legitimately have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Nobody's betting on the Steelers to win the Super Bowl. No chance. No chance. Deshaun Watson can go off. Our defense can get much better. All these other type of things. Mike Tomlin's defense is always good. Hence why they're always 500. Leads the league in sacks in the last five years are always good. You think Kenny Pickett's going to make a massive leap forward? No. No chance. 216474 to blow 92. Fred up next on the fan. Hello, Fred. Yeah, yeah. Hey, my God, man. I, hey, I respect you. I, I, I like listening to you, man. And I'm a born and raised Browns fan, man. Been through it all. But I, I, I got to haunt you a little bit, man. We got to <laughs> humble ourselves, man, because... We we would we know right now, man. For real, for real, man. Most of us, if we could trade quarter uh, trade uh, coaches, we'd take Mike Tomlin right now over Stefanski, man. Sure. We would. We would have took Mike. We would have took. We would have took Mike a long time ago. He's right, man. We haven't proven nothing. At one point, it used to be it was a rivalry. It was a rivalry. We get knocked out every trip playing with them. They find a way to win. We would have t- some of them rosters. I wish we had some of them rosters they had. Palomalu, man, Big Ben. It doesn't matter, man. We we had a point where we can no longer. Continue to hate on something we can't beat until we prove we can beat them and beat them consistently. Man, we got to humble ourselves and focus on what we got going on right now. Don't worry about nothing else, man, because it's not a rivalry. It's not even a fake rivalry anymore. It's it's just hey, they here, we here, and we need to put up or shut up, man. Oh, he ain't saying nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all, man. I'm not worried about their quarterback. I'm worried about our quarterback until we get out there and and, and our defense. Get muddy, get gritty, like they big fits they know to be. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they got, that's they, what they, they always got, got they going. Got a for. Reputation, yeah, man. I, I, about time. When can we get that? When, when, when can we get uh, that? I mean, Fred, we, got, I, we, we got some of the best defensive players, but we 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 don't have that grit. Where the grit at? Where can we stop the run? When can we run punch back and this kick year? They feel, kick they kick in the face this year, Fred. This you know is the year. this is the year. I'm telling. you, This is the year. I'm with you all day long, brother. I, but I just just happened to tune in, and, and, and then I heard you going in on about him, and I'm just like, yo, man, at one point, 
I used to be the same way, man. But you know why? I, I kind of feel like it's, it's systematic almost because it was passed down to me from my, 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 my parents and grandparents to hate on them and to hate on them. But as I started looking at it, I can't really hate on yeah, greatness, Fred, man. Just, they was not great, greatness. man. It's, it's, not, it's not greatness. They're a 500 team. They're not good. But if you but if you look at but they if haven't you, won a playoff game in six years, old, Fred. I, I get it, but it feels like yesterday, don't it? We gotta we gotta reconcile. We gotta, that, we gotta figure that, out what but, we got but, here. Six years is a long time, Fred. But, I, I, mean, I, un, I understand that, but I'm saying if you look at the overall footwork in the foot. If you look at the overall work, the body of work, man, compared to their body of work and our body of work, which one is greater? If no, but it's not a the greater or lesser. Fred, I, pre- I appreciate what you're saying, but it's not a body of work thing. This is a, I'm taking it year by year, right? We're doing year by year stuff for me. I, you want to talk about like who's been better over the past 20 years? We can't even have that conversation. You know that, Fred. But for this year, I just, I'm tired. Well, I think we go. Go ahead. I'm with it, but I just think we go into it every week. I think we go into it. Every year, too many times this, we got a grudge against them. We got to grow in it with a grudge right. against them. They ain't worried about us, bro. No, they're not. We we, we, need, we got other things to worry about. We need to stop the run. Let's talk about that. No, we do need to stop. Let's the talk run. about the run. All right, tell All me right, about the run. What do you, you Fred, what, what do you got about the run? Tell me, right. <laughs> you want to talk about the run? Tell me quick what you got but, about the run. I, I, the, li- linebackers need to learn how to react. We ain't had no linebackers that learned, that that knew how to react off of the ball since I don't know when, bro. We got the I, same I guys really this year that we did last year, so that's not going to be fixed. I, I understand that, so that's what I'm saying. We we as fans, we worried about something totally that really doesn't even matter, man. They they need to wor- we need to be more worried about the run because we know the offense gonna do what it do. The offense gonna put up numbers. We put up numbers with Jacoby Brissett. We put up numbers with Charlie Fry. List goes on and on. If you go look at that defense, the defense sucks, and we know we got a kicker with a new with with, with, a, with a leg. He only can seem to make sixty yard kicks and punt in, in, in preseason. I mean, in, in practice, in, in practice mm-hmm. but he can't he can't do nothing outside of that. We got. Bigger thing, man. Come on, man. We we got to stop the run. We got to we got to get them things through the upright, bro. All right, Fred. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I like the passion. Yep. Thank you, man. All right. Very passionate. I'll say this. I've said it before. Mike Tomlin just got the most. Out of these teams over the previous six years, Rigatoni Roethlisberger didn't have an arm. He had to deal with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, and then he's got to go through a young, young, young Kenny Pickett. He's gotten the most out of these guys. I still said if aliens came down and we had to choose a head coach for the fate of the universe, Mike Tomlin's not my choice, but I'm at least discussing whether or not it should be Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin was open tomorrow. 28 teams would fire their head coach for Mike Tomlin. A good amount of them would, okay? They would. I'm not, I'm not threatened by nine wins. I'm not threatened by eight wins. I'm not. The Browns should be thinking higher than that. There's no doubt in my mind they are. And, yeah, I do think the Steelers are low-key in the back of their mind. They're paying attention to the entire AFC North. I don't know how any team in this division, though, can't be thinking, we can get crucified out here if, we don't, if we're don't. we not on our, our P's and Q's, so to speak. AFC North is so incredibly tough. There's not a single team you can take advantage of and look at and say, there's our wins. Not a single one in this division. And that goes both ways. Browns and Steelers, Steelers, Browns. Goes both ways. All right, leave that there. we come on back. Albert Breer said something we didn't get to yesterday about a sneak attack and a surprise for week one. We'll talk about that and more next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on The Fan. Coming out in 15 minutes. 
If Deshaun did what Pickett had done, would I have a different mindset in all of it? The wonderful question. I, I can I can throw down what Kenny Pickett has accomplished in this preseason. Five touchdowns and five drives, two incompletions, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. I could throw it all down and say it doesn't matter. If Deshaun had done it, would I feel any differently? I'm being honest about it. I don't know that I would. I know you guys might not think that's me being honest, but I'm telling you that's me being honest because right now, honestly, I just don't know that I could feel any higher about what I currently do with what I think with Deshaun Watson for this year. I know, and some of you guys, I, I, I see some of the tweets. You guys are really getting after me with the idea that, yeah, you didn't watch him throw anything in the preseason. I, I know. He threw three passes. He completed three passes. That's what we saw for 11 total yards. We didn't see him throw the ball 45 yards. I didn't need to see that. It'll come. I watched him do some things in preseason, and I know last year in the preseason, I told you guys, I watched him be great in the preseason. He was a practice field All-American, and then uh, he waited 11 weeks. And I think, honestly, that was the biggest part of all this. He waited 11 weeks to then be able to play on an actual football field, and it wasn't there. He had to start everything back up again. Do you guys know what some of what Deshaun Watson had to do in that little stretch of time off there? He had to find guys to work out with at a local baseball stadium while recruiting D3 football players to be his pass catchers. And it was just not, that's not a training camp. That's not getting you back up to speed. That's not how that is. He had to go from that, creating his own workouts with his own facilities and his own everything. And how, I mean, it's not his facilities. The, the baseball stadium was obviously owned by a local team here, but they let him work out. And he had to go and do all that. And it's like, of course he wasn't going to look good. But I've maintained for the longest time it was more mental than it was physical. And what I love about this, and we'll get to Cade York a little bit later on, everyone's so quick to be like, oh, Cade York isn't a great kicker because uh, mentally he's Chuck Noblock. He's got the yips. He's not. He can't do it in the game because there's a mental roadblock there. But for some reason, when it comes to Deshaun, nobody wants to give him the benefit of the doubt that the man was so concerned about wearing orange as a prison outfit as opposed to orange and brown with a browns uniform that maybe he wasn't all there when it comes to being where he needed to be up top. And by the time he found out he was actually going to play games, it was just too late for him to catch up mentally. I mean, my goodness. Think about some of the things that happen in your day-to-day and how long it takes you to recover mentally. I told you guys I've had a little bit of a an up-and-down week from a couple different areas, and we don't need to get into the, why those are. Uh, it's going to take me two weeks to get myself all back right and all fine. I mean, I, listen, i got a job to do. We'll be fine. Sports is a good distraction for all that. It's going to take me a couple weeks to figure this whole thing out. Like, it's just it's not easy. And I really need to clarify, it's nothing to do with my wife, even though I'm calling her my roommate now. I'm connecting the dots there. I'm like, you guys are thinking, wait, he's calling her his roommate now and not his wife. Is there trouble on the home front? No, everything's great that way, fantastic that way. But, you know, sometimes you have weeks where, you know, family members are, you know, get a little sick. Things happen, stuff like that. It's just a little distracting. It's a little distracting, and it, it takes away your your focus and your day-to-day and your grind of what you got to do. It's the reality. It's life. It's what happens. We all go through it, right? But you go through some stretches and you go through some situations. It's like it takes, it takes you a little bit to get back. Same thing with Deshaun. Deshaun was going through things we cannot even fathom. Not even fathom. I, I Honestly, I, I don't know how he's able to just be a functioning human 
with what he went through and the accusations and the allegations that he went through. Whether he did them or didn't do them, they're, they're just allegations. But whether he did or didn't do them, going through the repercussions of all that, incredibly hard. Nonetheless, going out there and then trying to play the toughest position in sports in my mind. That's why I think this year has been different. Because this offseason, he's had a chance. He's had a chance to go ahead and go through the ups and the downs. He's had a chance to go ahead and regroup. He knows how the game is going as far as the speed is concerned. He's getting himself right, and I feel like he will be right. I really do believe that. I, if Deshaun is doing, it did what Pickett had done, I wouldn't feel the slightest bit different because right now I feel about as good as I can about Deshaun Watson already. I don't need to see him throw a 45-yard bomb tomorrow in order to make myself feel all warm and fuzzy about taking on the Bengals in week one. I just don't need to see it. I'm good. I think he's going to be all right. I think he's going to be better than all right. I'm all right. But I know not everybody feels that way. I know for a lot of you guys, no judgment here, not at all. We're friends. For a lot of you guys, though, you guys got to be able to see him do it with your own two eyes, and you got to be able to see him do it against somebody that wants to tear his head off, and you want to see him be able to do it. I understand it. I understand it. I'm just not there. For me, watching Stefanski do what he did with Jacoby Brissett last season and what he's done throughout his entire career and getting certain players to places they've never gone before, Case Keenum, Jacoby Brissett, all these other type of players, they'll be fine. I believe it. Now, there is another part of this that I I did not get to yesterday that I I, want to sink my teeth into a little bit here. I think this is fun. The idea, the element of surprise that the Browns have over some of these other teams. I've mentioned before how I think it's a critical piece to week one. One of the advantages we have in week one is not only what we're doing with Jim Schwartz in the wide nine and throwing out his defense, and it's not that his defense is brand new, but his defense is brand new with a Miles Garrett. Never had one of those before. Miles Garrett, what's going on as far as uh, the rest of the line with Zadarius Smith and Tomlinson and all these other type of pieces, I'm, I'm just very excited. Very excited to see what the defense can do, but also offensively. I don't believe that Stefanski showed his cards with Deshaun Watson in the six games. I buy into what Ken has been trying to sell us for a couple months now, that the Browns left some some plays on the cutting room floor, so to speak, because they wanted to make sure that they had that element of surprise for this year. And they did have new installations and new things that they would do with Deshaun Watson that they didn't do last year. Albert Breer on Afternoon Drive spoke about the element of surprise and how it could play into an advantage for the Browns. I've talked to people about this on Anthony Richardson. Like, I don't know if the Colts are very good, but I think the Colts are going to, like, maybe surprise a couple teams early in the year because they're not showing anybody anything right now, you know? And I think that's part of the reason why Richardson's not playing anymore in preseason games. And you guys remember, like, at the beginning of the 2012 season, what Washington did with RG3 and how ridiculous that was, right? And how no no one knew what to do with them. And, you know, I think we're probably past those sorts of surprises happening with the amount of different things that have come into the league over the last decade. But sure, you know, I think there is a little bit of a guessing game when it comes to what the Browns are going to do schematically, both on offense and defense going into this year. And that gives you a little bit of an edge, you know. How are they going to deploy Miles Garrett? How is attacking Miles Garrett going to be different for the tackles in the division that have faced him over the last few years? Are you going to be able to do things off? 
offensively that, you know, aren't on tape right now. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly think that, like, the idea that you get important division games right off the bat could play in your favor if you're going to be incorporating some of those new things. Yeah, I kind of like that. I like that logic a lot. I like the idea because I thought about this with the Bengals in week one. I had not applied it to the rest of the the early part of the schedule. But it, but the first five games that we play, it is the toughest five-week stretch that we have in the season. It's just, it's just how it is. And honestly, I thought it, that's why it was paramount that the Deshaun Watson era got off to a hot start. But I also wondered if that was a bad thing for the Browns. Because I'm like, wait, even if I know they're going to be good. I did wonder, like, you don't want to take on a murderer's row right out of the gate, but that element of surprise. Keep our eyes on that one. That might be something that the Browns look for moving forward. All right, leave that there. We come on back. We got the fan focus. We got to get to off the beaten path later in the nine o'clock hour as well. A ton to get to. It's overtime with Jonathan Beaton here with you on the fan. 